Man, it is so good to be with you all. My name is Matt Sprinkle. I get to serve as the student pastor here at Alice Tribe Baptist Church. And I'm excited to be able to jump into God's Word with you this morning. Um, and we're going to be picking up in a series that we started last week with Pastor Clay. It's called Let Go. And uh, we are in 1 Samuel chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and start turning towards 1 Samuel chapter 1. Um, we'll get there in just a second. But last week, we stepped into the story of a woman who was in despair. Um, her name was Hannah. And Hannah, she only found peace the moment that she really, truly gave her despair over to God. In all reality, Hannah truly only found peace when she trusted in him and in his will above her own. And see, this passage, it led us to a beautiful moment as a church where we wrote down prayer requests, things that we needed to ask uh, God to step into. We participated in, in praying and asking God to work in these things and answering our prayers. And we wrote some of these prayer requests down on these cards and we laid them in these, at these steps. And we asked for 120 people to um, join us in a prayer team to pray for some of these prayer requests. Um, my family uh, has been watching online. Our fifth child was just born, um, and she is three weeks old, I think. <laughs> Something about lack of sleep and time flies. Uh, <laughs> um, but I remember last week, uh, my daughter Sadie had my wife text me. She said, I want to be a part of this prayer team. So, like, even, even kids can be a part of this. So um, I want to encourage you, join this prayer team. I think we have a slide. It has a number if you're interested. Um, you can sign up through that through that number um, and start praying together as a church. That is the beauty of the church is you mourn together when it's a time to mourn. You rejoice together when it's a time to rejoice. Uh, but in just a second, uh, we're going to pray together as a church over some of the requests that you guys have laid on these steps last week. So let's bow our heads. We're going to pray and lift some of these things up to God. God, I pray for our church. I pray for those that are here, God, who need to give some things over to you, such as addiction, hurt, hang-ups, God, that you will just step in to their lives, help them to see the hope that is really only found in you. God, for those that have strained relationships with their children or with their parents, friends, whomever, God, that you will just give them wisdom in those relationships. Those that are looking towards the future, where it is that you're leading them through their jobs or whatever it may be, God, that you will give them wisdom as well. For those that are dealing with health issues, God, we pray that you would bring healing. God, we pray for our church, that in this season and the seasons ahead, that you will bring healing when healing needs to occur. God, I thank you that someone even felt you at work in their life last week and said that they wanted to know you for the very first time. God, I pray for those in here who may be struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts, the marriages that need you to step in and bring peace and unity. God, we lift up Clay in the season ahead that you will continue to give him wisdom as he leads our church. Let him be following your will above his own. God, for those of us who have lost loved ones, comfort and peace. For those of us who need forgiveness, but also need to give forgiveness. Ultimately, God, we pray that you will help us to learn how to love as Jesus loved. God, ultimately, we lift these things up asking for peace. God, we thank you for the hope that it is that we have in Christ and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. So one of the things that we prayed for in that was someone who said that they needed to know Jesus for the very first time. And I got to meet that person last service in the next step room. Like, 
keep praying, church. We are particip- prayer is just participating in what it is that God is already doing. But what do you do when God answers your prayer? What do you do when he answers your prayer? I think when we see the story of Hannah, he does answer her prayer. In verses 19 and, and 20, we see where it says God remembered her Hannah and gave her a child. So how does Hannah respond to God's answer? Well, this is where we're going to be picking up in verses 21 through 23 uh, is where we're going to start today. Uh, so follow along with me as we read God's word. Verse 21, the man Elkanah, Hannah's husband, and all his house went up to, the, to, the, to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. So a little bit of background of what's going on here. When we first step into this passage, they're going to make their yearly sacrifice. This was established back in actually Exodus chapter 13, verses 11 through 16. And we see that Israel was required to go and make a yearly sacrifice. And this sacrifice was to remind them of the severity of their sin. If you look back in the very beginning when God created Adam and Eve, he said, do not do this or you will surely die. So the moment that they did it, what did they deserve? Death, right? And we see the beautiful picture of the gospel played out in chapter 3 when he does not kill them. They've tried to fashion for themselves something to cover their mistakes and their shame. And instead he kills an animal on their behalf and properly clothes them ultimately pointing to what it is that Jesus is going to do for us. So ultimately, this moment, this sacrifice was to remind them to love God and to serve him. So here we understand a little bit about what's going on. But when we read this, we see Elkanah and Hannah both honoring God um, in this vow that was made. It was, it was tradition back then, if it was a firstborn son, the husband would redeem the firstborn son through sacrifice. And then Hannah says that she's going to honor this vow as well by staying behind until he is weaned and ready to be used by God. And what does Elkanah do when Hannah's like, hey, I'm going to stay back, I'm going to wean him, and then we'll give him over. What does Elkanah do? He's like, great. When you read this, if you're a parent especially, you're kind of like, hold on, wait a second, what? (laughs) Hold up. He's just going to give his, like, he would have to be three at the time. He's just going to give his three-year-old back over to the Lord. Like, Elkanah's just cool with that. Some of you are like, bro, I have a three-year-old. I'm ready to give them away. <laughs> we'll talk after service. But, like, you, you, you read this, and you're like, hold on a second. Because it, I love the Old Testament. The Old Testament gives context to everything that you see, some of the strange stuff that you see too, right? Numbers chapter 30, it actually gives the husband permission to say no to his wife's vow. So in this moment, if Elkanah wanted to, he could have been like, Hannah, this is my firstborn son. This is who I'm passing everything down to. This is the one where if I die, he's going to take care of you. No, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to hold on to our firstborn. But we see instead what Elkanah is really doing in this moment, what seems strange, 
he's actually honoring his wife and he's honoring the vow that she made to God. And I think for us as husbands, we need to take note here. This is, we need to honor our wives and their journey with Jesus. But in seriously, a casual reading of this verse, of these verses, we kind of step back and we're like, so wait, Elkanah and Hannah, you're just okay with giving away your firstborn son this means that they were going to lose out on a lot. For Elkanah, this is the, the son that would inherit everything. This would be the future leader of the household. For Hannah, if, if he was to pass away, this is the person who's taking care of her and any other siblings that are there. So ultimately, we see them losing out on things like prosperity, stability, security. And this seems odd to us when we read this, but we cannot miss out on the faith that is actually taking place here. See, I believe that Elkanah and Hannah, their willingness to fulfill this vow, it shows ultimately that their security rests only in God. See, reading this story, it makes me ask this question for myself, right? Where does my security rest? Does my security, does it rest in my finances? Does, does my security, does it rest in my identity and how I want people to view me or how I hope people see me? Does my, secur- my security, does it rest in how important I am to people, my importance to those that are around me? Or as a Christian, does my security rest in Christ? Where I know that if my security rests in him, these things will be taken care of and these things will play out and be established. See, Hannah's prayer wasn't that her will be done, but God's through this son. How easy, how easy is it for us to pray the same kind of prayer that Hannah prays? God, your will be done over mine. Isn't that ultimately what Jesus models for his disciples when he says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? He's trusting God more than he trusts himself. We need to trust God more than we trust ourselves, just as Hannah does here. See, Elkanah appears to have the same view because when you read verse 23, Elkanah says, only may the Lord establish his word. And if you look at the original language there, basically what Elkanah is saying is, may God prepare him, him being Samuel, for his service. So like Hannah, Elkanah is offering his son as a living sacrifice. So what do they do with this answered prayer, right? God answers their prayer. What do they do with it? Well, in the words of the great king of rock, Elvis Presley, they return to cinder. You'll be singing that the rest of the day, those of you that know it. I did that for Clay. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. It seems silly, right? But this is exactly what they do. They return to sinner. Look at verses 24 through 28. Verses 24 through 28, it says this. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull and an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, As you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him or dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent or dedicated to the Lord, 
And he, Samuel, worshipped the Lord there. Uh, some translations, when you first start reading verse 24, it says three-year-old bull. Some translations say three bulls. Um, based on the provisions that Hannah brings, it's enough to be able to take care of three bulls and make sure that they make it to where it is that they're going. Um, and what this also shows us is she's bringing enough, their family's bringing enough to cover all of them. So for Samuel in this moment, when they're going up to this place, Samuel was probably around three when he was officially weaned. Three. So for three years, Hannah prepared Samuel for serving the Lord. Samuel experienced firsthand his parents' love and service for the Lord. And because of this, we see Samuel, I believe, and later on in chapter 3 of this same book, we see Samuel actually acknowledge who it is that God is. I think a lot of that is due to how faithful his parents were. And there's one thing that I know, right? Five kids later. Kids remember things. I have a nine-year-old. He was in here at 830 service, and I pointed at him, and he hates me now. We'll talk later, I'm sure. But I have a nine-year-old, and there will be some times where he'll bring something up from when he was three. And I'm like, that's funny. I forgot about that. That's hilarious. And then there's other things that he brings up, and he's like, or I'm like, oh, that probably wasn't my greatest moment. But kids, they absolutely remember things. I think when we read this story and we really learn from it, I, there's something I want to pause for a second and talk to our parents in the room. Where are my parents in the room? If you're a parent, just raise your hand real quick. So for my parents in the room, I love what Matthew Henry has to say in, in light of this passage. He says, little ones should be taught to worship God when very young. He says, their parents should teach them in it, bring them to it, and put them on doing it as well as they can. He doesn't say perfectly. We as parents mess up at times, but as well as they can. And I love what he says here. God will graciously accept them and will teach them to do better. Samuel had parents who modeled what it meant to love and to serve God. Um, I think for us as parents, this is why it's important to bring them in while they are young. Some of you are like, I got a two-year-old, one-year-old. I got a, I got a, I think three-week-old. Like, we can be like, they're too young. And I get it. I've been there. We still are there. I'll put on a Bible project. Be like, come on, guys, we're going to sit on the couch. We're going to watch Bible project and learn from it. Next thing I know, I hear a scream and a kid trying to elbow somebody from the top ropes of the couch. In my mind, it's panicking. It's like, they're not getting anything from this. I remember reading an article a couple years back. It was very simple, straightforward, blunt. I said, do it anyways. Do it anyways. Because you think that they're not listening, but they are. Absolutely, they are. You see it when you go to pray for a meal and they say, hey, can I pray? Absolutely, you can. You see it at nighttime when they say, hey, can we do a devotional? Now, sometimes it's so that they can stay up later. That's a conversation for later. But absolutely, we'll do a Devo. Hey, can I read the devotional? Yes, you can. Like, you see it in those moments. That's why I'm thankful for our family ministry team here at Alice Drive. If you have a student or kid that gets baptized, 
Or if they're in our program, we try and equip you as parents. But if they get baptized, we send you a Devo in the mail. I love the one that our kids team sends out. The very beginning of it, your child has to pick an accountability partner, and it has to be mom or dad. And then you sign it together. It brings me so much joy at nighttime when I look at my son. I'm like, did you do, did you do your Devo? I remember one time he goes, Ugh. We got to have a really good conversation about that. But now it's just become a thing where it's like, hey, Dad, I did my Devo. Let me tell you about it. Like, start while they're young, and it's never too late to start. Even if you have teenagers, start. This is why we as a church want to walk alongside you as parents through child dedication. This is saying, hey, we want to help you as you raise your child. So this one's ultimately free for the parents. Uh, As we study this passage, as we look at it together, I think we see this. For our parents in the room, model the gospel so that your kids may know and love it too. I'm just kidding, though. That's not just for the parents. That's for every single one of you. Me too. If you have peers, if you have people in your life, how well are you modeling the gospel so that they may know it and love it too? That's what we're called to as Christians. Love Jesus and make him known. That's it. See, Elkanah and Hannah, they modeled what it meant to love the gospel. Samuel watched his parents worship through sacrifice. Samuel watched his mother be a walking and living sacrifice as she was faithful in prayer and even how she prepares and takes everything up there. I think when Paul writes Romans 12, 1 and 2, this was Hannah living it out. Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and present your bodies therefore as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing to him. See, I believe that Hannah's life is what encouraged ultimately Samuel as he would become even a a greater living sacrifice. So here you have Elkanah and Hannah, right? They honor God through sacrifice. And when we see them give this answer right back to God, how do they do it? They do it this way. They leave him with Eli. Now, if you want to, go back to the very beginning of this chapter and look at who Eli was, right? Eli. The guy who was standing by, while Hannah was pouring her heart out to God, walks up and says, so how much you been drinking? This lady's praying. He goes, you're drunk. The priest. The person who shouldn't have accused her like that. Eli, who if you keep on reading through 1 Samuel, is not one of the most notable priests in the Old Testament. Eli, whose sons very much so lacked a moral compass, as you continue to read. Eli, who would one day be replaced by a priest that would usher in a hope that eventually leads to Jesus. And so here we are. We have Elkanah and Hannah. They're given an answer to their prayers. They pour into them. They model what it means to love and to serve God. And they give him back and leave him in a place that is surrounded by evil. I love what Warren Wearsby says. He says this, Just as God protected Joseph in Egypt, so he would protect Samuel in Shiloh. And so he can protect our children and grandchildren in this present evil world. 
See, God has a purpose for Samuel, even with all the unhealthy people around him. God is still at work in and through his life. And I think this is a reminder for us that no matter, no matter your surrounding, God is still at work in and through your life. So God has a purpose for Samuel. How do you know if you are modeling the gospel well? How do you know if you're modeling the gospel well? If you're a parent, I think when it comes to your kids, it's, it's difficult for your kids to be influenced by the world that's around them, and instead it's harder for the world to not be influenced by your kids. How do you know if you personally are modeling the gospel well? I think the same is true for you. It's harder for you to be influenced by the culture that's around you, and instead you begin to influence the culture that's around you. Something that speaks no hope, no peace, and you're the one bringing it. And it's only found in Christ. See, Eli and his sons would eventually receive consequences for their actions. But God was preparing greater things for his people through this future prophet. Because this prophet, Samuel, is the one who would later on anoint a king, and his name was David. And because of David, we see that we eventually have Jesus. And Jesus is the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the one who brings actual peace and hope. So we have this story of Hannah and Elkanah, right? So what do we do with it? What do we do here? We have heard and read this story about Hannah and Samuel. We have seen the faith and trust trust that she has in God. But how is it? that she can just trust God with this answer to her prayers. I believe that it's because Hannah acknowledges the one thing that we need to see and maybe even be reminded of today. First thing is this, everything that you have, you have it for a reason. Everything you have that you own, you have it for a reason, whether it be your finances, your success, your family, your relationships, the people that are around you. You know what, even something as simple as the breath in your lungs is a gift from God. So this is the realization that I really truly believe that Hannah acknowledges and that we need to see and be reminded of is this. All that we have is not ours. All that we have is not ours. All that we have is a gift from God. And because all that we have is not ours and because it is all a gift from God, we should honor him. You know the thing about this statement, right? This statement is just as true for the atheist as it is the Christian. Think about it. The difference, though, is what will you do with these gifts? The story of Hannah means a lot to me and my family. I remember reading this story and really digging into it in in my personal time in Bible study when I was working at my first camp. It was a kid's camp after my first year of college. And I remember kind of reading this story, and I was just as baffled. Like this woman prays for Samuel. She gets Samuel and then she does. She gives him back over to God. And I had to pause and think about that. Like, wow. The one thing that she always wanted, she realizes that it never belonged to her to begin with. It's why me and my family now, when we pray at nighttime, we try to pray Every night, there's some nights we miss, but we try to pray every night. And our prayer is something like this. It's like, God, I thank you for Brantley, Sadie, Riley, Ellie, Harper, and Santiago. I know, that's a long list. But I say, I thank you for giving them to us. 
and we give them to you. I remember talking with my wife about this this past week and what we were going to be talking about today. And she said, you know what? That is one of the scariest things that we pray for our kids. But I think the thing that that we realize and that I want for all of us to realize in this room is that we are but a part of their lives. And that's true for anyone that's in your proximity. You are only a part of their lives and we should want something bigger for them that is longer than our lifespan and greater than our wisdom. See, my prayer for them is that they would honor God with their lives, the one who ultimately brings true peace. And so to my Christian friends, Don't wait until Thursday to be thankful. Don't wait until Thursday to be thankful. 365 days a year, we're most thankful on one. Now, some of us do the 30-day challenge, but still, 365 days a year. Now, it's not bad. Do that challenge. That's great. Be thankful. But what would it look like if we woke up each day thankful for the things that God has placed in our lives. Thankful for our children, for our job, for our finances, for our parents, the relationships, friendships. Because in each of these different things that we are thankful for lies an answered prayer. So what are you doing with your answered prayer? What are you doing with your answered prayer? Because Hannah and Elkanah trusted God with Samuel. We eventually have an anointed king named David, and because of David, we have Jesus, who we find ultimate peace, comfort, and hope. The one who we talked about, who was foreshadowed all throughout the Old Testament through these sacrifices, the one who would be the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. The one who would be the great high priest, better than Eli, better than Samuel, the best prophet. All of these people we see in the Old Testament, Jesus is the better than. So maybe today you have come to realize that you aren't giving God anything. And not only are you not giving back to him what he is blessing with, even something as simple as the breath in your lungs, you are walking around still and you have burdens, you have despair, and you lack hope. But remember, Hannah didn't find hope and peace until the moment that she prayed, God, your will be done. If you answer this prayer, may it it honor you. And that is where she found peace. And I pray for you, I pray for that peace for you today. I love working here at Alice Drive because you get to know people that you work with really well. Um, I remember having a conversation with our children's minister, Kristen McCaskill, this past week, and she was just reminding me, I've heard her testimony before, but she was reminding me of her testimony and how she felt like this kind of even connected with her and her husband. Um, Her and her husband, Bruce, they got to a point in life where they were asking God, okay, God, where is it that you want us to go as a family? Like, where do you want our family and they had serious conversations about, hey, we need to really give this over to God and see what it is that he, he may be doing. And the next thing you know, she's on the phone with Mandy Easton. And her husband's like, hey, looks like he's answering prayer. Kristen said that she made it clear with God, hey, you need to shut doors A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, X. I skipped some letters. So I need to go back to first grade. Um, but shut all of these doors and we'll do it. She said as her, her and her husband kept praying, every single door began to shut. This is what she told me this past week. I was like, oh, wow. She said, you know, it felt like God was basically saying, look, here is your answer. 
Here is your answer. Now, are you going to worry about selling the house? Are you going to worry about taking that pay cut? Are you going to worry about moving with the newborn? Are you going to worry about buying a new house? Or, or are you going to trust that when I'm making it abundantly clear that I have you, I have you? How many of us can relate to Chris, Kristen and Bruce? In just a moment, I'm going to pray for us. And in this prayer, I'm going to take like a 30-second pause because this is the reality, right? We came up here last week, and we laid some of our requests on these, on these steps. But some of us still didn't write down a prayer request. Or something we're still holding on to that we need to actually give over to God. And maybe today, some of you, you've been reminded of a place where he has answered your prayers, and your security isn't in him for some reason. And you need to realize the same thing that, that Hannah realized, that true security is only found in him and in his will. And there's something that you need to honor him with. So we're going to lift these things up to God together in just a moment. Um, when I take that pause, would you pray? Ask God where it is that you need to honor him, or maybe it's, it's the moment that you finally give things over to him. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that we can come to you uh, together today and really study your word. I thank you for the, the lives in scripture that we're able to look to, um, God, and see how they honored you. God, I pray that you will help us to honor you with our lives. This faith that we see that Hannah has where she acknowledges that it is your will above her own, that she's fully trusting, trusting you. And God, that's really what faith is. It's, loving, it's lovingly trusting what it is that you're doing. God, prayer is just us simply participating in, in those things. So God, I pray for those that are in this room that are still walking around. They're not, they're not giving anything to you, God, but yet they're still carrying their burdens, their guilt, their shame. God, I pray that they will find peace and hope in your son. God, for those of us that are in here, we need to be reminded today that everything that we have is not ours and it really does belong to you. So how can we honor you with the things that you have given us? So God, in the next 30 seconds, let us be honest with you. that 30 seconds felt like an eternity. For some of us, it was awkward. But God, I, I pray that it was genuinely a moment for some folks that are in here that they could just talk with you. God, I rejoice that we have somebody who, who you brought to yourself this past week. They are now a part of our family. They have hope, they have peace. If there is someone here today who does not, God, I pray that you will give them the courage. Walk into their lives. Show them their need for you. Help us to honor you with every breath in our body. Every day that you give us, let us be thankful for the gifts that you have given us and let us honor you with every single bit of them. 
God, we thank you so much for the hope that it is that we carry in Christ. And I pray that you will help us to share it with someone each and every day. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.